now. Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome to the Rugby Report card here for another week after two great tests of uh, rugby, the Wallabies versus the All Blacks and the Lions finishing their series against the Springboks. A bit more to talk about this week with some in-between going on too. I'm joined by Richard. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'd just like to say um, no song. No song, only if they won. Oh. Um, So I'm I'm pretty safe, I think, for the next... (laughs) Uh, a few weeks a couple of years a couple of years and then uh yeah blake's here too blake what's going on hey jim i'm well mate i'm well hanging in there excellent that's very, very formal of you blake yeah you know some someone's gonna take it seriously you bums wow so look howdy how are you feeling um are you shocked at any of the results on the weekend just in general I'll take that first and say no. I, 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 I think if we look back at the uh, the tapes, I think we'd probably be both. I think I predicted a loss in both of them. And that wasn't just me being arrogant. Uh, how was that me being arrogant? <laughs> as predicted, I, I remember as predicted for you and I, Richard. I think we all agreed, except Blake, who went the Lions over the Bockies. Mm. I, 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 think, um, I think it was just um, the games played out differently than what I anticipated, even the, the Lions. Um, and South Africa game slightly, uh, but they were two great games. But yeah, not surprised by the results overall. Agreed, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't know I was jumping in there. And no, I don't I want to play host, man. Come on. I apologize for the arrogant comment. I was just trying to start a, you know, get this thing going early, <laughs> get, get some tensions flying. Um, yeah, look, surprised at how well the Wallabies played, to be fair. Um, and I guess I'll add to that, surprised how poorly the All Blacks played. How many beers do you have, man? How many beers do you have? I had a lot of beers. So I'm, oh, okay. I'm stringing it all together now. All right, okay. um, no, surprised I have well the Wallabies played, to be fair. Please, pleasantly surprised, I guess. Um, a little surprised how poor the All Blacks were. Didn't really put it together. And the Lions Springbok test, I would say absolutely no surprises whatsoever. Um, I did enjoy that it was close. I did enjoy the occasion. I did really enjoy the Mornay Stain yard. That's incredible. Came off the bench 12 years ago to kick the winning goal. Um, I loved every moment of that. But in a game of football where the Lions passed the ball three times in one phase, once in the entire game, and the Springboks never accomplished that, you know it's not great footy. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Do you want to look at the, the uh, British and Irish Lions game or do you want to start off with the blood? No, let's start off with the Wallabies. Let's start off. I know the British and Irish Lions once every four years, but I think we should start off with the Wallabies. So this is Green and Gold podcast. Sorry, Richard. Where are six, mate? You're one you're not, of us now. You're not, you're not sorry, mate. Don't try and run this uh, this train there about that you're nice and caring about us. Hey, you give a fuck, man. Never have, never will. That's <laughs> Absolutely fine. Absolutely not. That's fine. Takes pressure off me. I, I guess the orthodox narrative coming out of the Australian game is the Aussies played bloody well. Had we kicked our goals um, and an intercept try, you know, we're not only in this, we, we probably could have won it. Um, and if it isn't for the old conceded try on half time bullshit in intercept and, and Noah kicks his goals, we win this one. And, and that's great. And, and that, you know, we. We, we beat him up. We played well. We were physical. The other version is we got the rub of the grain and good on you playing well for the last 20 when the other team's tapped out. Um, you know, it's not really it's not really hanging in there, is it? And you still lost by 10. Uh, which which narrative are we going with? Well, well neither because I don't think if they had not thrown that intercept pass and we kicked those goals, we still lose. Hmm. 
I think there's a pattern here of performing under pressure. And I think that's the story that's come out of this one, which is actually a refreshing one because it's all just how shit we are when we come up against the All Blacks instead of that random anomaly where they were actually close and sometimes win. But I think the narrative that I've taken away and I've seen this echoed throughout the halls of rugby journalism is that we are really enabled at performing in pressured environments, particularly against the All Blacks. So when we did come home with a soggy sale, um, yeah, great signs, good signs that we can do it, but we can't work through adversity and our resilience could be better. Yeah, I loved our resilience, though. I think the fight back at the end um, told me a different narrative. I, I Before we started recording, you said, Jim, the second half felt like a movie you'd seen 100 times before. I was worried, too. When they scored at halftime, I was like, oh, piss off. Here we go again. And then the intercept try, and we'll talk about Hunter. I thought he was sensational. Um, First half, great. Second half, get off. (laughs) I thought he was good. Um, But I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to end up ABs by 20. Um, And I put some money on us by losing less than 23. And I thought it was just going to blow out. Same old story. We fought hard for the first 40, but didn't execute in clutch moments. And we dropped our bundle in the second we didn't drop our bundle. The boys fought. The bench showed up. Everyone kept digging in. Um, I, I was really, really proud of that second half performance. Um, and I hope that that is a Dave Rennie trademark or a young team inspired by Michael Hooper being an absolute beast. Uh, I'm not sure where it was, but I was used to us in that last 15 minutes dropping our bundle, and I felt like we went the other way. Uh, and I know you can say it was the end of the game, you got a zillion penalties, but we don't normally do it. We dug in there, and, and lots of players players played bloody well. What do you think, Richard? I just want to come back to one point you just man- made, and, and I really agree with it, that it comes down to the clutch moments. The clutch moments are not when you're down by 25 points, okay? Yeah, you can sing the praises of, of coming back. and you it's can going argue, off the line out. Yeah, you can do whatever you want at that point. But if you can't execute, to become a really good team, you need to execute in the clutch moments. And the Wallabies don't do that enough. And that's the thing that's going to take you from a fifth in the world to a two in the world or even higher, one in the world. And that's that's the thing that they need to do. And playing the All-Backs is great for that because they are the, they are the benchmark. They're the yardstick, the barometer, whatever term you want to use. Uh, but they need to they need to really perform in those close moments. And, yeah, you're spot on, mate. You can't start the game losing your first five lineouts. No, it was a horrible ten minutes from both teams, wasn't it? I mean, because yeah. that's clutch, right? Here yeah. you are. You've got the penalty. You're in an attacking position. You cannot let them off the uh, right. Mm. Fuck yeah, up. and when we're watching Australia's attack too, is everything relies on a really good set piece in both yeah. formats. We are no good at scoring on just possession and attrition. We get nowhere, particularly yeah, I, against the All Blacks. I, there's, no, I, there's just no opportunities where we even remotely look like scoring. That black ball is strong. Anyone in world rugby does other than the All Blacks right now. And that's what we saw played out in the Lions South African series. I don't I don't I think the way the game's being played now is is most teams don't look good in open play. Most teams' points come off set piece, come off trained platforms mm. or unforced errors. I think that's where the game is at the moment and Super Rugby is a bit of an anomaly mm. um, where you see a bit more flair and obviously the Australian teams couldn't deliver that once we had all black opposition in front of us. 
Um, so I reckon you're being a bit harsh there. And also the combinations. I mean, that's the youngest back line we've put on the field in 30 years when Tom Banks is your most capped player. Can we get a figure on how long they need to play together before we can stop saying combinations? How many tests do you reckon you've got to rack up? 10? Yeah, what do you reckon, a season? No, I reckon anywhere between 10 and 15. And, and, and I know this is not really answering your question, but I think it's also dependent on the quality of your opposition as well. Because like if you play 10 games of front football, et cetera, I think that's, it's a lot different to having 10 games going backwards, you know. So I think it's hard to quantify actual, actual number, but I would say anyway. And game plans too, right? Game plans yeah. too. Impacts it severely. Like you would have seen that with New Zealand coming against France and, and not France, sorry, Fiji and Tonga. Credit to Fiji who definitely fought them. But um, I think their first 10 to 15 minutes was very uncharacteristic, probably not because they had a walkthrough, but the confidence in which they would have went into those games and the game plan was very open. And by the end of the game, it was a whitewash. Um, Put themselves under a little bit of pressure. Just to go back a point that you made, and I agree with what you just said about um, a lot of tries coming from set piece. I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's a bigger question about the quality of coaching around the world. We've said this many times, but New Zealand play such heads up football they play maverick star individual trust you know all those things in place whereas it seems like a lot of the other nations are mm-hmm. very coached into doing plan a plan p plan c and if those things don't work and even england don't even have a plan b let's be honest at times if they don't have then it's like shit what do we do and i think at the youth level it needs to get away from maybe set set piece to a certain and i love set piece but set piece to a certain player to try and get that unstructured play um better as you go up the, uh, go up the system. Here, here, but I think it's in Australia's best interest to have a plan A and a plan B and play that. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, I, I, I think that's where we are at the moment and there is enough individual talent that once those combinations form, that those little clutch moments, they'll start to execute in them. Hmm. Um, and, and hopefully when we're you know, within eight points of the ABs, that's hmm. all you need and you start winning a couple. Because yeah, um, just like just... You know, I love a, a good start. You know, like Australia had more possession, um, spent more time in the, in the opposition half, but they, they had two clean breaks as opposed to the All Blacks had 11 clean breaks in the game with, with obviously limited amount of ball. You know, it just shows the, the dynamism of that, of that team. You know, like Brody Retallick's footwork, we talk about him as an outstanding line-out jumper, outstanding at breakdown, Keep but his footwork... Out. Uh, his uh, his footwork is just incredible. Yeah, look, that, that stat tells the story, though. I think the Wallabies outplayed New Zealand this game. Um, but New Zealand are the most dynamic team in world rugby, mm-hmm. that you are going to leak 30 points against them. You need to do better than, than play well. Um, you need to, I think you called it, land your clutch moments, mm-hmm. land those five early lineouts, apply that scoreboard pressure, kick mm-hmm. your goals, don't throw the cutout pass, um, and then all of a sudden the scoreboard pressures on the new Kiwis, and mm. maybe it's a different narrative. I think we played bloody well, boys. I think you're being a bit harsh. Um, I, th- I reckon the tactic the that needs to be way. adopted, the, the, the tactic you want is you want to put the foot on the throat and just keep it there for as long as you can. So don't even necessarily, because it's fascinating how you can spend 20 minutes in there, 22, and as a result of that, get a three chipped over the crossbar. Then you get your three. But as soon as it kicks off again, it's like that 20 minutes never happened mm. and momentum has swung and it's just changed. So if you can stay in that 22 for a good half an hour, which is a huge feat, right? I'm just being hypothetical here, but you keep it in that 22 for 30 minutes and just draw blood there, keep the momentum on your side. That's a tactic worth talking about because as soon as you score, 
it's it's all on again. The pressure's back on you having just scored. It doesn't seem possible for us to sustain and then rebuild that pressure up. We need them to make an error of which they just don't do. Is there a team better at bouncing back than the All Blacks? Yeah, you want to get down there. You want to hold that territory. It's always like, I'd rather than not score, let's chew up 10 more minutes down here. But that's no, why they're I... the number one team in the world, though, because they don't. Or they do make mistakes, but they, they're limited and they put you under pressure and make you make mistakes. Because no, the problem's not converting when we're down there. It's not collecting the three, the six, the nine, the 12. It's we don't have a goal kicker that kicks them. Oh, that's, I guess that's pressure in itself. And I'm being brutal on Noah here, right? He, he just had a shocking game. The guy was at 98% or something before this oh. game, um, and it was blowing a gale. Fair Wasn't break. it? Yeah. Um, but, like, Pollard kicks him. It's a totally different scoreboard. Pro- What's New Zealand like then? Pollard missed two, I think, didn't he? Miss one? <laughs> Mornay kicks him. Mornay <laughs> kicks him. <laughs> Lobster Mornay slots him. Um, I think that pressure all comes into it. I think the Wallabies played bloody well, but I think what we're all fart-assing around is you have to play perfect to beat the All Blacks yeah. right now, given the talent that they have on the field. Um, and the Wallabies played better than we have, uh, but we didn't quite play perfect. But there was a lot to like, lots of really good individual performances um, and lots of good team performances. Most things functioned well. Um, we fixed the breakdown up a lot. Lots of guys that we were harsh on in the in the French series were outstanding. I thought Valentini was was an absolute force. Um, I thought a lot to like about there. I thought Tate looked better at nine, more minutes there. Uh, no, just to counter that slightly, what what did you think Valentini was outstanding at? Just because you get you know you gave away some penalties, didn't carry the ball that well. What what would you say he was outstanding? You got the stats. I do, yeah. You got the stats, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, I thought he won his contacts, <laughs> which he didn't do in the French series. Um, and I thought his work at the breakdown was was twice the effort he was putting in. What do the stats say, Richard? Give them to me. Well, out of six carries, he only made <laughs> he only made eight he only made eight meters, mate. Not winning the contacts, I mean. Well, evidently not. I think I was more implying <laughs> the stats, mate. You know what it is? It's it's because they're probably more accustomed to playing that style of game that we saw on Saturday, as opposed to that style of game we saw the French come up with where they just took it to our teeth because it was nice to see the breakdown. The breakdown is what I'm used to seeing. It was fun. I enjoyed it instead of just constant. Is that right? Can he do that? And he can. I just haven't seen it in a while. It was nice not having that ridiculous contest at the breakdown and just watching the footy. Um, compared to the French series, it, it was it felt normal, didn't it? It felt like we were watching something. Who do you guys think stood up? I thought Noah was brilliant around the park. Um, his kicking was a bit poor. I thought Hunter, he's a 12 who can kick, pass on both hands, kick off both feet, um, belted blokes in defence. I thought he was so good, and he's copying a lot of criticism because he can't catch. You know, he's working on it. Um, yeah, a bit of a prerequisite. Good. My loser of the match is probably going to go to Kellaway there. Was most impressed with um, Mr. Reliable. Um, very handsome for for a redhead too, to be honest with you. <laughs> the, is um, strawberry strawberry that, blonde? Or? Yeah, it must be strawberry blonde, isn't it? Oh. No, it's red. Yeah, it's straight red. Proper. He's but um, yeah, he, was, he was excellent. And I don't, wouldn't be too keen to rush him outside of the squad in the form that he's playing. And even potentially, and I know this would be contrary, you might be both more than welcome to disagree because he's got two tries, but 
what are your thoughts on putting uh, Kellaway at 15 and putting uh, Corobete on, on that wing? Nah. No. I, I, Banks scored, was great in the second half. And most cap back in the back line, mate. <laughs> we need somebody <laughs> to play for um, I, I just think Tom Banks um, really is going to benefit from game after game after game after game. Uh, yep. For whatever reason, he's that bloke that everyone wants to drop. Um, every team has him. I think it's him, but I think he's growing into this season and he even grew into that half. Although, you're the fullback. You cop a falcon on your face to an uncontested <laughs> catch. It's hard to get behind you. Mm. It's, it's, it's tough. You're making it a tough sell. But I'll agree entirely on Kellaway. There was something about him that was so reliable. Um, almost the absolute opposite of Jordan Pattaya or Hunter Paisami. Every time Kellaway did something, you had faith, whether it was oh. defence or offence. He was always in the right position, always made the right option, always had the right technique. It was really nice to see. And I really liked I saw an interview of his today. Um, and it was a little bit arrogant. And I really liked it, which was he was the star yeah. of schoolboy football. And he, he was. Said, I always knew I was good enough for this. I just wanted to prove it to everyone else. That's why I came back. Does it remind you of like, a, I don't know, circa 2019 DHP? You know, good under the high ball, you know, does everything. You don't like, gives you so much confidence in everything that he does. Or am I being a bit disingenuous to him? No, I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a probably a decent shout. It's a similar player, right? It's a guy mm. at the back who can kick, pass, can do all the skills. Well, we tend to have even in banks people who can run. Um, so it's nice to have one of the back three have the full skill set, um, have the whole gambit. So it'll be interesting to see see what you do with him because obviously Corabetto has to come back in. I like mm. how we've all taken on the pronunciation. Has to come back in. Um, you couldn't leave him out. He was John Hill's medalist last year. He was our best player in the French series. Um, and Pattaya, I really, I know lots of people are hard on him, but he's just screams X factor for me. He's just a guy in big games. I want to see the ball in his hand. Well, Rennie subscribed to that too. That's why he keeps getting picked, doesn't I he? I like it. I like it. And I reckon Callaway could find himself without a jersey. No. This weekend, without a Guernsey, because it makes I- sense to Pattaya see you later. Good old Corabete Bete into the um, Kellaway jersey and Patea off the bench. See you later. How's that? I don't know, man. No, I reckon um, JP, um, we're doing that now for Patea. Um, I reckon he's on the <laughs> bench at best. That's Yeah, and that's what I just yeah. said, JP on the bench. That's what I reckon as well. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? And I know you should be talking about players that did well, and I'm not necessarily saying he did poorly, but... Uh, Tate McDermott's uh, performance was um, a lot nervy. Nervy, yeah. He's I don't think he's he crabbed a lot across the pitch. Um, his delivery from the base, maybe because of lack of communication between him and Noah or the backs or the other backs or forwards, but wasn't his best performance. Maybe because they were going backwards. And he played fine. He did play fine. It was a little bit nervy at patches, and I think we'll see the jockey come back into the nine jersey next week. Jockey, I'm the not... Nick Nick White. Was he a jockey? I uh, just he just no, he just got a walk and a running style. It looks like he's just gone off a horse, a bit he bow does. legged. He does. He I does. thought you were trying to make the pun because he plays for the Brumbies, which is a horse. I was really confused where you're going with that. Nah, nah, he's the jockey from now on in the series, anyway, right? I reckon the jockey comes. Jokes, 
that just works in Jim's brain. <laughs> We're all thinking James O'Connor. What's he talking about? <laughs> no, he's all coming right. back. He's coming back next week in the nine. And um, yeah, looking forward to see what he brings to the jersey. Well, yeah, I, if Nick White comes straight back in, I've got no problem with that decision. Um, he's our best box kicking halfback. I think we need him for territory. He's the best passing halfback. And he's very vocal. But that is no criticism of Tate McDermott. I think that jersey is going to be his for a long time once he finally grows into it. Do you remember um, back in the day where the team didn't change week to week? Oh, mm. Does it or is it just us? Not, that it's, not that it's changed that much, but every week we sort of hypothesise this change, that change. You know what I would do? I wouldn't change a thing, mate. I'd bring Corabetti back in. That's it. Yeah, I, I would actually echo your point here because if you look, even look at the Northern Hemisphere teams, when the Six Nations is on, there's only maybe one, maybe two changes, if at all. Maybe you just have too many good players you want to get in because there is a lot more ah. consistency. Boys, and, we're, and we're playing ego, man. If someone doesn't play a game, they're in Japan and they don't come back. About it, they barely made a change in the French series for three games in, in 14 days or something. He barely changed the side. This is the most consistent Wallaby setup we've had. For yonks. Mm. Um, I don't think there's many changes at all. I think it just feels like because we come in here and talk about it. Um, And then we normally come to the conclusion that we wouldn't actually change anything. Uh, (laughs) After about 35 minutes. I reckon that's what's going to happen here. There's not going to be much change, right? The only change that will be is blokes that are injured that are the incumbents. Um, And that's your Nick White. That's your James O'Connor's. That's your Bettys. Yeah. Um, I want to see. I really want to see Nasrani up against this pack and his impact that he can have. I think it's the right call starting Alan Alalatawa too. So I'd keep Tupo on the bench. Yeah. Um, but in terms of who stood out, yeah, look, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my my Callaway, and who I'd like to see work harder. Same dude as always, man. Salakai Lotto. <laughs> I saw him fall over in at least four rucks in the first ten minutes, and that was his presence. I know he's a bit of a leader in that pack, but... Uh, the boys love him. Get around him huge. They do get around him huge. I just don't think he's a bit better football player than Swain, Philip, or Rodder. I just don't think he is. Ne- no, neither do I. So... It's he, just he, two packs down on that side. I think that's a big thing. Like, I've never, clearly never scrubbed at international level. But it'd be interesting <laughs> to know that... What is the highest level you've scrummaged at, Richard? Um, (laughs) E-grade under 13s. Uh, (laughs) Oz tag. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I I genuinely feel, if you think about, like, uh, Swain and you think of Philip and even Rodder, they all pack down on the the left-hand side of the scrum, don't they? So I think I don't know what happens there, but they'll be fine. Swain's the biggest human in the world, mate. What are you talking about, Richard? Are you talking about, like, who does the props want to sit on? They want some Nick Scarly or some fantastic furniture. So what are you talking about? Yes. So in that in that scrum, I just don't know whether it will make such a big difference. Like, if are you trying to tell us Salakai Loto's Nick Scarly? He's not. He's not Nick Scarly furniture. He's Nick Scarly, but you've subscribed for their credit card and you're paying too much for it. He's he's your target foldout, mate. <laughs> He'll get the job done. He will. He'll last the fork nights camping, and you'll fall in love with him. But it's not great. You're not bringing your sweetheart home. You're not. No, you're not planning on that. It's one of the seats that once you're in, you can't get out of too. You just sunk in. It's a boys' night. <laughs> Crash on it on a boys' night. Yeah. You don't eat your pizza on the net, Scarly. 
Is that what you were saying about Salakai Lotto, Richard? Um, anyway, so <laughs> you want to talk a bit about the All Blacks, uh, some of them, pay a bit of a respect to some of them. Aaron Smith, you know, congratulations to him. Oh, yeah, huge. You know, uh, continues to get better and better. Mate, uh, did you, I saw a little video he did. After. Sorry? He was well below his best in the first half, um, but he admitted it himself, said he was just really nervous. And even David Havili, and we talked about him as an amazing fullback when he played for the Crusaders. How good is he? Look, as an inside centre. Like so many of them played well. That pack, that type five, scrummaged really well. Got the rub of the green with a couple of calls, but scrummaged really well. Just uh, And they're only going to get better. Poor discipline, gave away a lot of penalties, which they always do because they don't want to, they'd rather give away the three, but they, they, they did well. And it, like, as an Aussie fan, better. I'm very happy that they're stubbornly going with Moana and Damien McKenzie. And I get it. I can't think of two more dominant blokes in Super Rugby, but I, I definitely think both Bowden and Geordie are better. I think they offer different, different things. things. Well, yeah. But I, I find the Barrett's a little more reliable than maybe your McKenzie's, but he's the dude you want chasing down that... um. I'm just, look, I understand why they've done what they've done. They've, they've played in those positions all Super Rugby and they were the form players in Super Rugby. You've got to do it. And then in those positions, you can't really change. Chop and change changes the whole context of the team. But yeah. Bowden Barrett and Geordie Barrett are just much mm. more dominant football players, which is fucking saying something when the other two are Moanga and McKenzie. But yeah. I'm very happy as an Australian that they'll probably run out Moanga and McKenzie again. I'm going to make a bold claim that you'll probably both go against and, and tell me I'm ludicrous, but I'm going with it, man. I reckon we've started to see the demise of Brady Retallick, and I don't think Whitelock's too far behind him. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Madness. I anticipated this, but I've seen them play much, much better than they did oh, on they, Saturday. They, they may be much better. They may have played much better five years ago, but they are still outstanding footballers. Yeah, but I'm off Retallick. He's a cheap shot on Hooper. Yeah, I saw that. But this is this is what I'm saying, right? That gets called up in the game. That's a straight red card. It's, it's unjustifiable. It's a straight red. Everyone knows it. I'm so glad it wasn't called. To me, yeah. this is how this is how it should go, right? They should pick it up post game, and he should be suspended. Sorry, Blake, can, you, can you come back to the scandalous thing that Jim said? Just comment on that and that one. Oh, yeah. No, well, because I'm angry at Brody Retallick for dog-shotting our captain. I right. So. Hit two and over but, but the thing with that is if you put a shot on, that then sends Hooper off the field and he cannot play. Where's the instant, uh, you know, equality? Right. No, Where's the instant I'm thing to... i down this wormhole. Yeah, yeah, we've sure. been here before. We've been here too often. We've been here but, before. But I was happy that that game was 15 off 15. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And I'm you enjoy winning now. games by four, with 14 players anyway. Maybe well, the All Blacks hook it to my veins. Um, no, White Lock Retail, what are you talking about, Jimmy? You're off your head. No, well, no, no, the Blues no. captain, um, their second round was a beast. He's probably outplayed him in the Super Rugby. Yeah, Brody hugely. played a game. In like no, he's, he's come back from Japan, got here yesterday. The thing is, is I'm not saying that they're bad <laughs> foot play, footballers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they've, they've, they're coming off the apex. They're on the decline. They've seen, they've seen the top of Everest. It's a beautiful view. They want to get back to their families. How, how steep is this drop-off? Is it, is it a ravine? Is well, it a, this is the is interesting it? thing about footballers. I don't know which path he's going to walk down the mountain on. It could be an Allen win. It could be an Allen win. 
Um, no, I think you're absolutely talking shit. And I think what tends to happen when players get a bit older, we, 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 we look for this narrative. Uh, and any time they don't have a barnstorming game, we think they're past it. Um, watch the it Brady out. effect. Yeah, it's absolutely the Brady effect. I actually think those old blokes, what tends to happen is they just get more consistent so you don't notice them as often. And then in the big games at a World Cup or at one point in the blood side, they do something fucking monumental. So you're off your tree. Uh, Whitelock was captain, wasn't he, in this one? Um, he's captain of the All Blacks. How dare you wash your mouth out, Jim? Um, if, if Jim's not, like if I Jim's said, not man. About, if Jim's not here in the next podcast, um, we'll if we're saying here. Matt Phillips, Nick Scarley, mate, there's some sort of brand I've never heard of. It's <laughs> I don't even know what a posh furniture brand is, man. No, I, no, you know what there is? Ah, oh, God, I can't remember the name, but I walked into the joint once and I was like, oh, we're looking for a little bedside table. Looked at the price tag, I threw up and left. Yeah, some of them is crazy shit. Hey, proper taking the piss. Can I just say, did you throw up inside the bedside? Yeah, I owe them a lot of money. (laughs) Just got to clarify. And that's the thing, because you go in there and you look at it in in the context of the store, and you're like, "That's the best motherfucking bed I've ever seen." And then you bring it home, it's like, "Is this the one?" Yes, that, that, it must be how Rennie's feeling. He's watched them play in the Super Rugby and thought, <laughs> my God, that's the best lock I've ever seen. He's thrown him on. He's like, God, it doesn't look the same, is it? Was he did the lock I wanted? Did, did, I got did, you watch them? did you watch the Wallabies in the Super uh, the Wallaby players in the Super Rugby? I yeah. think they're upscaling. The domestic comp, Richard. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, they were outstanding there. Oh, moral yeah. of the Wallaby game is the All Blacks were off the boil. Um, I don't think they were uh, They were finely tuned. Mawanga's a freak, though. That try that they got disallowed was sex appeal written for days, but, you know, three, four. It was like that French try all over again. Um, Can we also they'll just cu- put they'll a- cut you to pieces. We're not beating them tomorrow, but there was a lot to like about that Wallaby performance. Um Honestly, there's very few players I'll speak poorly of. Lineout didn't function. Salakai Loto, not heaps in. But everyone else was great. I think the Wallabies were sensational. I think the All Blacks were a bit off it. Retallick and Whitelock passed it, according to Jim. Mm. Um, Five out of (laughs) ten. Five out of ten, I would say, each of them. Um, Look, we want to get salacious today, boys, or should we just push on to the Lions game? Why are they picking Savi Reese, mate? He beat up a woman. They've got a million wingers in that country. That guy can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. I didn't know I didn't hear that yarn. Was it a while ago? I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a yarn. It's a well known yarn. I remember he did something. Yeah, that that's what he did. Ah, Was it that? I I struggle. I don't know, mate. There's obviously, you know, and everyone can have redemption and, and things can get better, but it's just a hard one to stomach for me. And, and who was that other young bloke in their squad who just punched a chick at a nightclub the other night? Dude, I, I don't know. I don't even yeah. know who you're talking well, about. Told him, they're giving him counselling. Oh, I feel bad that I don't remember his name. Um, I just, I don't know. It seems strange for a country with that much rugby riches and what seems to be such an amazing culture. It's just, it's a shame. I don't know. It wasn't in. wasn't in. Yeah, and you, and you don't want to see him do well as a result, do you? Yeah, but maybe um, you know, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but yeah, those right. sorts of decisions are the no dickhead policy doesn't seem to be a policy over there at the moment. No, it seems like they've abandoned the old senior leadership of the All Blacks, which yeah. which you know fits into my narrative of the demise of the second row. <laughs> 
with all that said, I uh, don't think we're winning next week. But um, no, historically, that's where they uh, take the shoes off and yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and gently and gently, uh, yeah, they don't they don't do well with us. Is it on a Nick Scully couch or a higher quality one? <laughs> it's this on Salakai Lata's fault. This is on four pegs, this. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed every minute of that game on the weekend. I was really worried that things were going to turn, but the boys stood up. Quick, go through the team. Tom Banks was terrible in the first half. Wanted him fired. Second half, he's the best I've seen him playing in green and gold. Good on him. Callaway, beast. Pattaya did nothing. Didn't know he was on the field. I thought he was newsome, but it excites me. Ikatel, can't say I noticed him a lot, but, you know, I'm still in. Paisami, gun. Noah, gun. Kiki goals. Tate, gun. What do you boys reckon about that back line? Sounds good. I miss anything? No. Nah. Forward pack, Harry Wilson, beast. Looks like the All Blacks have taken his number, though. He carved them up last year, and it looks like they know about it. They well, this is why I want Nas- Nasirani to come back. On the bench? No. In Jersey, man. You're starting Nasirani? I'm Wilson. starting Nasirani, yeah. He dominated that French series. What is your team? If you could pick a World 15, you're dropping Retallic, dropping Whitelock, and Nasirani is your captain. What's Definitely going? dropping Retallic. I'd have Alan win for days, mate. And, and then James I, O'Connor's I'd... playing halfback. Etzebeth would be in my, in my row. And don't don't forget you want uh, the jockey in there as well, mate. I want the jockey in there, yeah. Mm. Madness. Um, and I want right. that game two gimp in the dungeon mongrel from um from the All Blacks in that team. I don't even get the reference. It's Pulp Fiction. Should <laughs> <laughs> we move on to the Lions? I feel like yeah, know, move on to the Lions. Go, yeah, let's go to the Lions. I'm not going to chime in as much. I'm not chiming in as much. Now you chime. Let, let's get wild. Um, Lions, just another terrible game of rugby, but um, there's a little more on the line on this one. Yeah, I, I, no, I wouldn't say there was any more on the line. I think obviously you want to win every game, but obviously being a decider, yes, uh, was it the greatest contest? Um, still, I don't want to talk about the, the referees or anything like that. And you just got to say, well done to South Africa, they were the better team if you split it up into. Intersections, they probably won it. Uh, and probably won compare it the more. stats. Oh, no, they 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 bullied the lines, I think, for the um, bottom of it. Just and, they and, never they can't put the foot on the throat because they don't have that gear. And and look, we, there, there are players that did come out with it with, with some credit. You know, if you talk about Jack Conan, the, the number eight, obviously, Atoji, Alwyn Jones, Robbie Henshaw at 12. Richard, I'm going to say something right. controversial. Yeah, I can really? follow that up. And really? it's, uh, it's unlike me, but. Is it salacious or just controversial? Um, this one's controversial, and it hurts me. I'm going to say there just wasn't enough Englishmen in that team. No, I don't think. Like, I would. I don't think that's. A, I don't think I completely agree with that. Like, England have been going backwards a little bit recently. You know, like we we think of England as being World Cup finalists, but if you also think about the the six England thinks all was, those countries are still England. That's why. No, they don't. Don't don't run that, mate. <laughs> um, I feel a little bit to the Six Nations. There's there's issues within the England team. They're not. They're not obviously playing great. And I think Finn Russell, you know, in place for Racing, he's a good player. He could have, he should have probably played more in that, in that shirt. It damn big you sucked. Tell me something here, Richard, tell me something here, because I don't watch the European leagues, but for some reason in my mind, I've got the English comp light years better than the French top 14 comp. Is that true? What I'd like to tell you, Jim, I do not watch the European leagues either. Um, So I can't really judge 
hundred percent, but I know. But like, I guess what I'm saying it, is when you tell me that he plays for Racing, Dan Carter played for Racing when he was 39, man. Mm. True. Yeah, but I but think you're thinking it. historically, Jim. I think it's a different beast now. And, yeah, and but... proof of that is the French um, H's side that they sent down here. Mm. Shows you the depth in that competition. I think I thought Finn Russell was great, yeah. And I think I think it's obviously, and I may get this wrong, but uh, it's comparing him playing for Racing, which is in, yes, the top 14 in the great competition. But whereas before, he would, he would have been playing in the Pro 14 or whatever it's called now for Glasgow or something like that, which is definitely not as good as what the England com- English competition or the French competition is. So, you know, he's been signed up and he, he showed glimpses even in that game that he has potential. When you watch him play for Scotland, he's a lot more expansive and he has a lot more freedom. So he, it's, it's a shame, I think, there's... Looking back at it, players were picked in wrong positions. Um, and we just, just, I think the biggest word I would say, the, it all felt a bit soulless. It all felt a bit sad without the crowd there. Mm. And it was just a bit of a damp squib. You know, not only the contest, but the friction between the players. Yeah. No sense of, no sense of joy, you know. And, and how they managed to come out of the woodwork, the Brian, the British and Ireland Lions fans, in every continent they go to, they just seem to outnumber. Yeah. And that support. Sea, that sea of red. And, you know, look, I'm thoroughly excited about the, the coming to Australia next time. And, and there are people that people don't value Wild. their Lions. They were here yesterday. I know. Um, and then people will say that they don't value the Lions brand. But when the fans are involved and there's that common mutual respect between the two teams, I think that there's nothing quite like the Lions because it, it does, doesn't happen very often. And it just didn't come across this time. It was very acrimonious, very... Composite. They, they were really poor. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, I genuinely think you could have sent Scotland down to play the Bockies in three-test series or Ireland or Wales or England, and they probably would have played better. They and just, you might they, say that because they have, yeah. to go back to the point you mentioned earlier on about combinations. It's very hard. And Gatlin came out yesterday or the day before and said that he wants more time. But that's it, never going to happen, you know. The professional no. clubs are never going to release them for longer. The international window is not going to do that. So but he just didn't seem in any and, of the trial games or they just proper looked like they'd never played before. Exactly. But the thing was, in the trial games, they played expansive. There was good uh, because the quality that we're playing against, a lot of the Springboks were in camp, so they were playing a loss uh, against lesser quality teams. And Do you blame in South Africa for the Lions? No, not, a, no, not at all. Sending out some E-list teams. No, not at yeah, all. They, <laughs> no, they, they just they, they weren't good enough. Um, and they got into an arm wrestle. I've, I've said this before, when England had lost to South Africa in arm wrestle games, there wasn't, an, there wasn't a plan B, plan C. There wasn't a... Um, and off the, you know, on the fly change. Well, that's and, and what boggles the mind, I think, is when you look at how South Africa lose and who they lose to, I'm dredging it back with the Japan game, but they, they pretty convincingly get beat up by the All Blacks and Australia do quite well against them. Um, by quite well, I mean, we still lose the majority, but we, we can beat them here. Um, they tend to perform worse against teams that play footy. Um, whenever you try and muscle them up front, look Argentina, look England at the World Cup, you just get smashed. There's no one better at it than the Bockies. Um, how Gatlin went into that series with a couple of Gary Owens and some big forwards as his strategy. Look, but he might, have, he might have come into camp and gone, do you know what, because of the short turnaround that we have, the easiest way, in inverted commas, to get this group of players to play together collectively is to play this way. Um, because it's hard to get that concept. Well, coaching, then, mate. If you can't, dudes on half. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Quite, I'm not saying that you're incorrect at all. I'm just saying that may be a template that he wants to follow. I think for him, actually, 
for his career, and this is a bold statement because he's done exceptionally well for Wales and he's won, um, obviously, drawn one and won a line series. But I actually feel the next, this year coming up, coaching the Chiefs is actually a big thing for him because he didn't do great with the Chiefs last year. And then the guy who came in and replaced him this year, the Chiefs did much better. I actually yeah. think it'd be interesting to see how he actually evolves that team, you know, because if he doesn't do well with them, does that tarnish his, his legacy? No, absolutely not. But does it make it start us to question it? Maybe a little bit. Um, got to give it up for the Bockies. How good is Justin Colby? Yeah. Why they don't get the ball to him more? He, he, oh, he player of the world, mate. Anytime he touches it, the game is just electric. Um, and I love little blokes that can just dominate. He was sensational. Um, Not only that, but you'd also have to say, um, you know, we've seen uh, Dialande in a Stormers jersey. Um, we've questioned his ability, but when you put a, a, a Springbok jersey on him, he seems to, the, the patterns that they yeah, play. Yeah, but that game suits him, right? That's what I'm he, saying. It's he's just 12. He's he's Tom Carter, 12, he's obviously a lot better than that. But if you play into his channels, he's going to mm. thump you all day and he's going to make Adeline for days. Yeah, and Lucano Arm is just defence, defence, yeah. defence. He impressed the hell out of me. But again, the Lions played into their hands. Yeah. Um, and it their centers, you want to turn around, you want to second man plays, you want to have fast footwork at the line. Um, and when and when there was an opportunity, like a three man overlap at one point, they just butchered opportunities because going back to that that idea of performing in the clutch, they just didn't do it in that game. They just, yeah, why Liam Williams didn't turn it back on the inside or, uh, or throw it out? Like, what are you doing, man? Or tackle Colby. Yeah, there was just well, it wasn't just him. There was someone else who missed him as well. So it's it was just. Those, those fine margins, we always talk about that they're, you know, sport is in inches and all that kind of stuff. And the but, way that both teams decided to play assured yeah. that that was series was going to be fine margins because yeah. neither team was willing to take a risk. So there was only ever going to be a couple of moments mm. in the game um, that were going to break it. The things that surprised me, though, that aside, that's all tactics and backline play, just how bash the forwards got at scrum time. Um. I, I just bashed. I think the Springboks got quite a few scrum penalties and a couple that the Lions got. Well, I think the Springboks were dominant. It was the old inging or wheeling when you just feel like throwing a mercy penalty. Yeah, there was a couple that I would counter that. It's like, yes, overall, I would agree. But there was a couple of moments, like the five-meter scrum. Like, it, the Lions are going forward. Why would you pop up if you're going forward? Like, it's mm. just, it was just yeah. crazy. Like, some of them were just, and that goes back to refereeing decisions, and, and we don't want to talk about that because we just become Rassi 2.0, but South Africa deserved to win, but I don't think they were as dominant as, as what you what you would imagine. Oh, I, I was surprised. I just thought at that level, you're just going to arrive at parity. We know how good the Bocky scrum is. Mm. Um, I don't think there'll be many teams that will dominate them, but I just thought, I just thought it would be neutral. Um, but maybe it's a testament to the modern game that teams just play for a penalty off a scrum now. Yeah, they do. The goal of a scrum is not to to have a seven on seven back line. It if you're is winning, keep it in the keep it in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Australia tried that against the All Blacks, and it worked a couple of occasions. But a couple of times, let's just mm. fucking pass it. Because it's <laughs> the know? thing is, if you didn't think back to the World Cup final, like yes, Chesney Colby scored, were, scored, and you got to take your hat off to him, but everything, but. The, the, they got away because of scrum penalties. So as soon as, as you said before, as soon as one team seems dominant, even if they're not and they're wheeling it illegally or boring it, the referee just ends up giving them a greater amount of penalties. And, it's just, it's just, and that's, that's what got them up the pitch or scored them points. It's such a mm. massive thing. Right now with the Aussie teams having great scrums, I love it. It's a great part of the game that we can have the big fatties 
turn the game on its head. It's such an awesome part of our sport. But part of me was like, just make them always short arms and then you'll just depower the scrum and we just fucking get on with the footy mm-hmm. without just waiting for nine resets before a penalty. Yeah, that's right. The team that I know is going to get the penalty until the ref's done five that way and it feels like he has to throw one the other way. The, the sad thing from this is just the whole takeaway. The sad thing is there's the, I don't look back on it and, and this is not because we lost. I want to clarify this. It's not because we lost. I don't look on back on it with joy. You know, like some series and you look back and you go, that was a great series. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was so entertaining. It was such a great spectacle. And this one wasn't. And that maybe, again, go back to crowd or whatever. Uh, you lost, Richard. Yeah, just lost, the- buddy. You guys No, I'm with you. Stuff. I'm with you on that one, Richard. It wasn't. I mean, the, if you read an article about it, it was. They'll tell you that it was neck and neck and edge of your seat stuff. Really? I think it's been pretty convincing that everyone hated this series. No, you read some British media. It's, you know, it was close. It was thrilling, edge of the seat. You know, it came down to the last kick, all that kind of stuff. And you look, it's true. Southern Hemisphere rugby now, Richard. You what, sorry? <laughs> spoiled by Southern Hemisphere rugby. Yeah. You got that domestic high. super rugby in your veins. You forgot yeah. what it was like. You're riding that high. Yeah, I, I enjoy watching the Kiwi teams play. You're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're all right. Oh, I see what uh, you've done. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, all in all, a, a really, really dismal series, but... Um, Mornay staying kicking their goal was that was entertainment enough for me. Um, yeah. Just just last thing is just about the lines for me. I just think we do need to take a moment. You were joking about it earlier on, but Alan Wynn Jones for just his length of his career. You know, even I'm not necessarily saying he's the greatest rugby player in the world, but his longevity uh, to play at that level uh, needs to be recognised as a as a second rower to to get that many caps as opposed to a scrum half or a you know fly half. Um, doff your cap to him. Yeah, Dude, I don't understand how it's physically po- – I get a bad back doing the dishes, man. I don't know how that guy shows up and plays three tests at that level. With mm. – what, what was he injured just before this? Dissipated year? shoulder, yep. Yeah. Dissipated, yeah. It's just awesome. Um, and I love the clips. Whenever you see him talking to the troops, he seems like a bloody good leader too. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, just do you want to project forward? To, you've already mentioned the, this, the next player this game. How many do you reckon you're going to lose by? More. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> I've just seen this movie, man. I've seen it. I don't want to ruin the ending for you, though. <laughs> There's a red card in the third. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. You boys are wrong. I really? hope so. What are you I think Dave Rennie's changing. I think it's a really young team. These kids beat Kiwi teams in the schoolboys and in the under-20s. Answer the um, question, mate. How many are you losing by? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we're gonna we're gonna do it close. We're gonna do it close. We're gonna land those clutch moments. We're gonna find a hooker somewhere. Bring Stephen Moore back. Last, I, when was the last? Stephen Moore back. When was the last <laughs> Australian hooker who could throw it in straight? That's what I want to know. I don't know if it was him. I don't think it was no, JPP. It definitely, JPP. Wasn't, it definitely wasn't Moore either. I remember Russell Crowe. It could be, could be rusty. Mm, could be rusty. Um, in all seriousness, <laughs> what is your actual prediction? Like what, ten? You be? Would you be happy? You obviously are not going to be happy if you lose. I get that. But what would you? What's acceptable? What do you want me to say, Richie? Come on in and say I talk about when we're losing. It's not going to happen, buddy. Try again. We're going to win by four. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm going losing fifteen. 
Yeah, that's yeah. twenty um, bucks. You know what? This is all I want from this game. This is all I want from this game. I don't care what happens the other seventy minutes. Five minutes either side of half time, we don't concede a point. That's what I want. It's not possible, mate. It's not. It's not possible. What is that? Is it's it the middle twenty, man? It's underrated. It's the thirty-eighth minute. It's uh, no. It's, the, it's the same as they, they always used to. Uh, Alex Ferguson said about Man United. It was the last few minutes was the squeaky bum time because the team you're playing against is exhausted. Like you know, was exhausted by the amount of pressure that had been um, that had been placed on them, and their Man United had that inner belief that they were going to do it. And because they'd done it before, the other team started to believe the narrative themselves that they were going to concede a goal because it happened so many times. And it just becomes cyclic. The fact that one team believes it, they're going to score, and the other team believes starts to believe that then they're going to concede. And it's just that belief. But I feel like this young team with Dave Rennie and Michael Oop has come back a soldier. He looks like a real leader. I feel like this team doesn't have that same self-doubt that other Australian teams have had for the last you know, 10 years. Um, uh, I really feel something different. Don't get me that's wrong. Because, that's because shit like that, man, gets buried and you don't even know that's why you're at. You know, like you pick up those dogs from the RSPCA and you pick up like a piece of chalk and it flips out and it doesn't know why. It's so deep. It's so deep in them that they know they're going to concede. They can't. They don't see it. I don't I, you pick up some chalk and a dog. Yeah, and don't get a dog from the RSPCA. Yeah, wow. Or do. Be or, really, yeah, be really nice. Yeah, do it. Really home, really I'm going good. to again. Yeah, really. I'm not letting some serial killer into my house. Guess I pick up some chalk. I'm not risking it. It's crazy talk, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, so all blacks buy a lot. That's yeah. what I'm going with. Hmm. I tell you what, you can still get Australia at a dollar ninety to lose by less than twenty three. Free money. Yeah, that's not a bad bet, actually. Mm-hmm. You're gonna put some on? No. I just no. did, and then I accidentally realized I, I did it twice. So let's hope they don't lose more than twenty three. <laughs> um, in other news, the rugby sevens team acting like a couple of silly Colts boys on the flight home from Japan. Um, who wants to take moral high ground on this one? Not me. Let him go. Little Can you journos fuck off? <laughs> no, mate. They've they trained their. No, mate. Oh. They need to behave. I'll take the moral high ground. Don't be dickheads on a plane, man. Seriously. What did yeah. they do? Let's spoil this down. If they, no, if they did anything but pull the brakes, pull Jesus. the brakes. Pull the brakes on a plane? <laughs> that seems wild. Probably how shouldn't many, do that. How many Let the boys go, on? man. No, I'm 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 firmly with Richard here. I mean, you're in Japan. You look how they behaved in the Rugby World Cup. You look at the culture of that country, and then you're on a plane home. That is not a place to act like a peanut. Unacceptable. They're on a lot of money. They're representing the country. Be better. But 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 part of me is like, can the media just leave it alone? Yeah. Like, I don't know what if they were if they were a bit drunk. And singing songs, you know, doing things that 20 years ago were socially acceptable and it's turned into a story, that really annoys me. It, it depends what de- degree. If it's just a couple of songs and whatever, then, yeah, absolutely, journalists, fuck off, let them have the time. But I, but what was reported and it's hearsay or um, it, that you just cannot behave like that. Okay, see, I haven't actually read any of that. That's the case. I don't know, I don't know what they did either. But if, it's, but if the TV's off the TV stand in the hotel room, come on, man. Well, first of all, they're on a plane, so and they put the brakes on and <laughs> opened up the emergency door, so we've had a few problems um, along the way. Look, I don't know the details, man. You're the stats guy. I don't know the details. 
I'm just saying that there's a line in which you just sweep it under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> if they went past that line, fair game, it's on. Um, oh, no, no. they didn't. Uh, no. So, Quade Cooper running your next game. Thoughts? No, nah, still Perth. Still Perth. Off the bench in Perth? All I'm yeah. saying is I'm blaming him for Lillisier's kicking weights because, you know, it's the only logical outcome, no? I tell you what, it was windy though, wasn't it? A couple of those were on target until they weren't. I, I remember you, you've told me you were there, Dan, in Oakley Park or wherever it was, Mortdale, were you kicking those goals? You were slotting them with the windy conditions, mate. I must admit, like, when he missed, I did yell, I could kick it blindfolded. <laughs> Some of those, probably. Um, yeah, right. I'll tell you who we're going to pay some respect to. We're harsh on him, but Matty Tamura I thought was brilliant off the bench. Is he a bench player? I think so. Yeah, how good he was off the bench. He came on and he was amazing off the bench. Again. Yeah, but I would also add to that that he was amazing when you were going forwards and the All Blacks had switched off or whatever it was, you were in the ascendancy. It's much better when you um, to come on in that situation than you're going backwards. You're probably um, right. I just want to be nice to Matt Tamil, you know. And I'm going to be nice to Reese Hodge too. I saw a photo of him on social media. Holy moly. That is a unit. Yeah. Well, you can when you're not playing, man. No. <laughs> i got to, I got to go. But there's uh, one more game next weekend. South Africa and Argentina are playing on Sunday morning. Surely that is a chance of an upset. Definitely not. Could you imagine all the booze the South African players would be having after that series? Can you imagine that playing ride, Richard? <laughs> there would be no break. All, all I'd know, <laughs> they, they, they would be seat belted, I'm sure. Just noise cancelling headphones on, I'm sure they would have a big. Just solitaire, quick. solitaire yeah. I mean, infotainment. South Africa? Absolutely. Pardon, sorry? Yeah, it's at Nelson Mandela Stadium, apparently. All right, you heard it here first. Get on Argentina. Yeah, it's not a bad little bet, man. They just took Wales to school. Yeah, but... Yeah. yeah, that was a, yeah. yeah. It's not a great point, Jim, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long flight to Wales to South Africa. It's not close. No. No. All right, All boys, right. it's been great. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Yeah, it's been one. I'm trying to get the odds on that game there, Jim. What do you All got? All right, well... It's nice to be back talking absolute nonsense. Nice to see yeah. the Wallabies playing well. Bring on the second test match. Yeah. It'll be good. See you, people. See ya.